The man who invented these nuggets just some sad ass nigga down in the basement of McDonald's picking up some shit to make some money for the real player. It's about money. Mm-hmm. Now you think Ronald McDonald's gonna go down in the basement and say, hey, Mr. Nugget, you're the bomb. We sell a chicken faster than you can tear the bone out. So I'm gonna write my clowny ass name on this fat ass check. Shit, man. The guy who invented them still work in the basement. For regular wage, thinking of ways to make the fries taste better. <laughs> what? Damn. Oh, well, it has to do with McDonald's. <laughs> Oh. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, it's giving me very much woke society. Woke vibes. No, that was nigga. What? I what? Yeah. The, no. It's got to be a show then. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not good with my shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think sure. about me and what shows I like. I know, oh. but that's the, that. But now I'm overthinking. Shit. Did you say nigga, right? <laughs> I don't know. A sh- okay, I'm thinking. Of, I'm I'm trying to take out family shows because you can't it's say no. Nigga. No. <laughs> okay. What 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 provider is it? Oh, it got to be Boondocks, right? HBO. No. HBO. Fuck. Yeah. No, I don't know none of those shows. Fuck. <laughs> HBO. Yeah. No, I don't know. And it's not on anymore. So we got. It's old. Shit. <laughs> that makes it even harder. What the fuck? Yeah, I never was subscribed to HBO. Okay, wait. Give us a hint. Give us a hint. I feel this is horrible. This is fucking. How are you showing us up? Go ahead. This the, the character's name is Wallace. Uh, Wire. Yes. Oh. Technically, it was D'Angelo who said the monologue. I was about to say because oh. the, Wallace wasn't hood enough to say what. Nah, the fuck you know you why just we said. didn't get that? Because we watched the Wire when we when they had bootlegs. They had the season Speak on for bootleg yourself. CD. Speak for yourself. I've watched. The I Wire never had HBO. Time. Speak for yourself. I never had HBO. I had the whole collection. When I had cable, I had the basic channel. I never had but as always, yes, we need we need to run that back, start to finish. I heard they have they 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 are it's streaming on, it on. Uh, it is on HBO. HBO. Yeah. yeah, just came back. Interesting. Yeah, because it's oh no, it's never been off though. HBO, it's always been on HBO. Really? really? Yeah. Well, they just started highlighting it. Yeah, because like because you know on like the smart TVs they'll show you stuff from different providers like Stars. Oh, watch yeah. this show. Like it's just started saying. Watch one of the most critically acclaimed TV shows of all time. That Not right. all time. All time, motherfuckers. And I agree. Yeah. yeah. Folks didn't really love The Wire while it's out. But I feel like. People never appreciate it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, what's up, y'all? This is episode 56. 56. All right. No Spanish. I was, I was, I was like, about to I was waiting. <laughs> because this one, um, as you guys know, you just gave up. You you did say you were going to give up yeah. around like 55. How you I sound like one of the Mexicans. That's right. That's right. Episode 56 of Oh My Goodness. Y'all probably hear another voice. We got a special guest in the building. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah. You ain't got to introduce yourself. You, you, you was on the show before. We got to introduce her. Tell us something. I was back something. in the day. What episode was that? Shit, that was about, that, that was about like, yeah, that was about episode like five. Yeah, you know, we, five. We, go we got Al on the show. Go by yeah. Al. Um, Otherwise you know, known as the 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 BFF I A E I E A E I known as the presidente, no one, the capitón, the capitón, you know. But you should. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. We're gonna let you start. What are you loving on this week? Oh, um, you know, it's June. Oh my God, June has begun. And Gemini season okay. is upon us. Okay. So I am loving on Gemini's. Okay. We get we get a bad rap out. Y'all get a lot of slack. Okay. The and Gemini's are not, the Gemini's are all pretty decent. I'm pretty decent. Y'all get a really bad rap. Yeah, you know, I, I do a good job. And I think I'm amazing. Oh my so, gosh. We're not gonna do this. You know, yes. That's so Gemini I'm season, you loving on Gemini season. season. Yes. Okay. That's it. What are you loving on this week? I'm loving on the fact that the weather is getting better, Ooh, okay. but not too hot. Because you know I can't do when it's too hot. 
Like, I mean, we had that 94 day. I don't like those times. I wasn't outside that day. <laughs> wasn't outside that day. We took our walk post 6 p.m. when it had kind of climaxed a little bit. You right. know, it was a little breezy outside, but there was still enough sun to be like, oh, you know, skin is out. We outside. Okay. But okay. like, I can't do when it's like, I'd say probably give me like a good chill 82. All right. Give me a good right. 82. And even then, I still want it at like three to five p.m. hours. It can, I don't. Do you really like it when it's that high? I love it. Well, you also because you, know, you a little Casper. You I, look, yeah, you, I need you, a tan you, always. You looking pretty tan now? Oh, 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 I like that. You looking pretty tan like now? You looking pretty tan right now? I like that. You know, it's shorts running season out here. Listen, no hoochie shorts. So you got some. You oh. got some hoochie shorts. I feel like you do. Five inches ah! and shorter. Okay? <laughs> if it's longer than five inches, I don't want them. Okay. I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah, give me my thigh high running shorts. Okay. And I'm ready to be in these streets. I have been in these streets actually. You yes. Getting these miles in. Getting those miles in. Yeah. Bold colors. Yes. Or prints. Oh, both. Oh. Both. Both. I don't have enough prints though. Now that I think about it, I also probably don't have enough bold colors for real. Like I need to be able to be seen, but I run at not nah, like six a.m. Ungodly it, hours. It'd be, it'd be light outside at that point. Ungodly you know, hours. Sometimes five. If I'm you know if I'm feeling real ambitious, if I okay. had a beverage the night before, uh huh. Five. Okay. Um, I I do need some like hot pink shorts. Is that you dropping in some? Yes. Because it's Gemini season. Yes. Yes. And, okay. Yes. And you know, birthday a couple weeks. Okay. I need you to you know write it down. I I don't need to write it down. Send I have message. a I, what's this what's this tier below a photographic memory? Because mine ain't there, but it's like I remember shit. The way my vocabulary is set up. <laughs> the way that you're showing, yo, yo, yes. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. For you. So that's what I'm here for. Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. What are you loving on, I'm loving on the finals, the NBA finals. Let's go. Both of the teams that made it are teams that I like. Yes. Which are the Warriors and the Celtics. Mm-hmm. You know, I. Been like I like the Celtics since like 08, since like Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett won the chip in 2008. And your chat used to give you hella swag. Yeah, because they was like, "How you a Kobe fan, but like the Celtics?" I'm like, "Easy." How you a New Yorker Kobe. and like anything Boston? True. <laughs> but you know, I was never like a hard diehard Knicks fan anyway. You know, you gotta be dedicated to be a Knicks fan. You yeah. gotta be hella. Yeah, like, it's a lot of stress. Failure. <laughs> yeah. A lot of high blood yeah. pressure. I can't deal. No. So both of these teams are like, I mean, I want the Warriors to win for the simple fact that Steph, Clay, and Draymond's getting older. Yeah. So their window is kind of closing. closing. Yeah. Think so? I mean, no, because I mean, they I got a like good Steph's organization. Be, yeah, I feel like Steph's yeah, gonna they be got a good for organ- a while. They got a good organization. They're good at drafting good players. But um, I won't be mad if the Celtics win. Yeah, I, I, I either way. I would prefer. I like Jason I would prefer the. I, yeah, I, prefer, the I would yeah, prefer yeah. the Warriors because I want him to get up to LeBron. LeBron got four rings, and I want Steph to finally get a Finals MVP because he should have been got one. We ain't. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. What's the name? All oh, wait, Andre Iguodala got one. I don't know how the hell that happened. Wow. No, seriously. He's on the Warriors. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I'm like, how you didn't give it to Steph? But I forgot. Uh, Iguodala was guarding LeBron James, who was averaging 35 in that That's finals. Crazy. So I don't know how he got it. How you let somebody average 35 points on you mm-hmm. and you get but the finals? LeBron. Yeah. Like, yeah. Could have yeah. been worse. Uh, yeah. As long as you win, that's all that matters. And then Kevin Durant got it the two last two times they won. So, I mean, hopefully this is his chance to get a finals MVP. Add to his resume. He deserves it. You know, so if I am, he's the Hall of Fame. Price famer. is going up. Uh, yeah. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Correct. Correct. <laughs> it's not today's price. Yeah, that's my loving on this week, though. All right. So always, always the universe just talking to me through my feed, right? That's how we get all of these talking points. But the age-old conversation of what it means to be someone who was, I guess, raised on love versus mm-hmm. raised on survival. That was always a very interesting concept to me because people always, um, or, or at least the conversation and narrative seemed to be that if you were raised on love, 
you can't really mesh cohesively with someone raised on survival. Hmm. And I don't necessarily agree hmm. with that, but I do think it is a very nuanced conversation. So I wanted to bring that to the table for us to talk about a little bit. Can we preface what it means to be raised on love? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you can take it there. Go ahead. Take us mm. away. Oh, take us <laughs> I, thought, I thought we had like a, a therapeutic nah, nah. psychology today nah, definition. Nah, because nah. nah, okay. I feel like if, even if you've read all about love, which I'm still finishing by Bell Hooks, definitely recommend. Okay. Um, even the idea of what love is supposed to be <clears throat> is largely gray matter. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think about it as a feeling. They think about it as the action. Mm-hmm. There's no concrete definition, I think, okay. that applies to everyone. Mm-hmm. So I think we can start the conversation just defining what we think the two of those instances are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you think? What What do you think is present when you're raised, like, on love? So the first thing I think of is safety. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. There is a, a certain level of safety, com- comfortability mm-hmm. within your household, mm-hmm. um, feeling free in a space. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a certain level of trust okay. that is required. Um, affection. Okay. Yeah. A very affectionate place. Um, Compassion. Definitely True. empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where people are kind and understanding. That's true. Sounds a lot like gentle parenting. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Which um, is trending now. Yes, yes. It's trending nowadays. That's that's what I think it means to be raised on love and having those traits within your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, one parent, two parent. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that really matters. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, I think like it's a place where your friends want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that vibe. Yeah. It's like everyone is comfortable within that space, no matter you know who you are, whatever walk of life you're from. Mm-hmm. All of those things. Okay. When you say safety, though, there's physical safety, there's financial safety and stability, because that might be vastly different as well. When I heard the whole, what is it, survival versus love, I also was thinking, okay, well, even when we think about um, upbringing, mm-hmm. oftentimes people just think about the direct mm-hmm. environment, like the the, the child rearing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other things yeah. associated with that, right? So, like, all of the things that you mentioned, yes, absolutely. Compassion, affection, empathy would be immediately <laughs> present in the household that you're raised in. But there's also the environment that you're in, mm-hmm. too, right? Where that mm-hmm. kind of plays a part in your upbringing, too. Yeah. What about yeah, survival, though? If you had to, if you had to define, we're going to make you do all the things. If you had to define survival, being raised on survival, what does that look like? The, so the first thing I think of is financial scarcity. Mm, yep. yep, yep, yep. I'm just mm. like, we don't have enough of nothing. Mm-hmm. Having yeah. to raise yourself. Um, there's not yeah. enough parenting happening, right? So we latchkey kids out here. Yep. We, um, we're not necessarily concerned about, you know, actually, I don't know. That. I was going to say we're not concerned about school. But I don't know that that's true. Okay. I think you're still concerned about school, right? Because mm-hmm. you're still concerned about doing well in that. That desire to escape, yes. I think, is constant and present mm-hmm. uh, within a survivalist household. Yeah. You know, how can I make a way to make something else happen? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of fear. There, Where's my next meal going to come from? Yeah. Are we going to get evicted um, tomorrow? Well, like, you know, also depending on circumstance, right? Like, it goes back to safety, right? Mm-hmm. The lack of safety, the lack of trust for adults. The skepticism of whether a person is trustworthy or you can depend on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's true. And rely on them as an adult. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I agree with I agree with you though when you say that because I think that mostly I'm gonna say some, mm-hmm. but it's leaning towards most, or you could say like it's in the middle, like okay. of just people, not just a certain. Uh, particular like certain race mm-hmm. but just people as a whole are selfish when it comes to raising kids because they'll take their own you know self-interest yeah they'll mm-hmm. take their own self-interest and they won't think about it until like their kids are way older and they got their own like way of thinking mm-hmm. and they're like yo like all these years what you've been doing with me like you haven't taught me anything 
credit wise, school wise. So important. Yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Credit, taxes, FAFSA. So, <laughs> <laughs> we have to teach them how to do FAFSA. We learned together. Damn. Yeah, it's just like it's just like a messed up uh, kind of time right now where it's just like everybody's for themselves kind of thinking for themselves and stuff like that in terms of like even like for example if you're a parent who likes to drink mm-hmm. and you're like i'm gonna keep drinking till whenever and then you just des- you develop a, a disease and you end up dying early and your kid have to fend for himself now especially yeah. if you're a single parent Pe- people don't think about stuff like that until the like it's too late of, yeah, yeah. You, you you have to make money and pass it on to your kids, but you have to be healthy and to, to in order to do those things, like, you know, to work and then to save money and pension and all that shit. But if you die, that shit is gone. Like, for not. But I think in the scarcity mindset, right, you, you can't even get to the place where you're thinking about a pension. Or At all. Insurance. You're just thinking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. We spoke about this too, when we were yeah. on there on... um on the conversations of color podcast which is that like the actual narrative for people of color in most instances is just i gotta survive i gotta i gotta make it mm-hmm. yeah, you know yeah, i gotta live to, to see the next day, day. Yeah. like i gotta have food on the table a roof over my head and i have to have a steady income that's all that yeah, matters people live check like, to check exactly oh, like yeah, yeah. as long as i got those three things i'm good <laughs> i'm successful as long as i have those three things i'm living i'm surviving as long as i have these those three and that becomes like the bare minimum. That's true. And then, That's but true. then the, the crazy thing is also that unknowingly you pass that mindset on to your child because they see you yeah. working, rat race, hitting the ground running, but not really taking any time for yourself. Yeah, because I saw my father working two jobs mm-hmm. and I used to stay at his house. He gave me the key like when I got 13. Latchkey. He actually trusted mm-hmm. me with his keys. So he let me stay over his house and he was like, um, he was like, yeah, you know, stay here till I get out of work. He would work from like six in the morning to like 12 at night. That's crazy. Come home, change into his other uniform, go to another nursing home. And I'm like, yo, how the fuck you do this shit? Yeah. And I barely got to see him. And it's crazy. Now I'm working. Mm-hmm. He's retired. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have time to like see, see him. him. <laughs> so I'm like, it's a cycle. It's yeah. like a. You know, so it's, it's just crazy. So I was like, I told myself, I'm not going to work myself to death. I'd rather bank myself, like, on memories mm-hmm. instead of killing myself for money. I mean, like, the money will come eventually. You just got to be patient. And then, you know, but memories, you don't get you don't get those back. You know? right. so, it was like, so you guys have a child, yep. right? Right. Um, do you guys think that you are currently raising her in a household of love or scarcity? I'd like mm-hmm. to think that we're raising her on love because we have way more than we grew up with. Yeah, I'm going to say love. I, I do. I do. And that's why we said, or rather, that's why I said a little bit earlier, the conversation of even that survivalist mindset, it doesn't even necessarily have to be for sure that you're living check mm-hmm. to check. It might just be that you know what poverty looks like and you don't never want to go back to that shit. Yeah. Right? Like the, the, the manner in which I was raised, I wasn't like impoverished. Mm-hmm. But I also wasn't rich, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. I was in the projects. Like, um, yeah. so I know for sure I don't want to go back to that shit. Right. So like, there's no scarcity here, but I do think that sometimes I have to even check myself when it comes to the whole rat race survival, mm-hmm. hitting yeah. the ground running, as opposed to appreciating where I am in the moment. So you would yeah. say you were raised in the house of scarcity. I think I was raised in both. Interesting. Elaborate. So the survivalist aspect of it wasn't necessarily a hundred percent related to the scarcity. Okay. Scarcity? Scarcity. Scarcity. <laughs> uh because we had enough. Mm-hmm. We could have had more. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, I mean, in retrospect, I was just used to it. So maybe it is like settling in a in an mm-hmm. aspect, right? But we had enough, or it seemed like enough at the, at the moment, where I, I know that it could have been worse. Okay. But I wasn't, it wasn't absent of love. I will say it was absent of the overt type of love that I'm kind of forcing into mm. those spaces now. Like my grandmother, I've said this several times, my grandmother didn't say I love you. Mm. That wasn't something that she said. And that got passed down to like her six children and the grandchildren, right? 
it wasn't something where we were like overly affectionate via words. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were saying, I love you every time we saw each other or after, like that wasn't happening. Now mm-hmm. I make sure she said that shit to me every time we hang up the phone, mm-hmm. right? But it wasn't something that was present, but I knew that I was loved, okay. you know? So like, it wasn't like overt or what you would typically think of like, oh, that that warm and fuzzy feeling type of shit. Nah, cause they, grandma ain't do that shit. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I was loved. So when we talk about what love was in the beginning of the episode, right? Or like mm-hmm. being raised in the house of love, we talked about specific words, right? Yeah. So safety, trust, affection, mm-hmm. you feel like you, you received all of those things. I feel like I received safety. I definitely received um, affection, not in the typical way that it's seen, like the I love you's and the hugs. Mm-hmm. I, I can't describe it, but it wasn't via the typical hugging and, and, and coddling or like indulging me. Okay. Mm. What about you, Drew? Um, it's like I did feel like I was loved, but then it was like when my parents separated, my father went his way, my mm-hmm. mom stayed in the apartment, me and my mom. Then I felt like, you know, it was kind of I didn't know that my father did it to like protect my 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 sanity my peace and stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. i thought it was just like yo like he didn't want to be with my mom and stuff like that so i kind of took it a certain way but then as i got older he he explained it to me he was like i didn't want you to grow up nervous you know being fearful and stuff like that because they used to argue a lot and okay. i used to cover my ears mm-hmm. and stuff like that and it was just like he was like i couldn't take it no more you know i had okay. to move out so i was like i think i grew up on love from like different different um places though like from my father's side mm-hmm. and then from my mom where she was at so okay do but, you think there was any aspect of survivalist in your in your childhood at all mm, survival not really nah not really because i again i was the only child mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's not like they had to like worry about this child this child this child only only um childhood was me so so when your parents split right did that change presumably it changed the income of the household right do you feel like you felt that at all as a kid or no nah 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 you know because like it's crazy because like everybody's like talk about child support (laughs) but my mom she never put my she never had put my father on child support Mm -hmm. he told me that like mad times he's like nah your mother He's like, I stepped in before she could even have a chance to put me on child support. Okay. So he he took the initiative and mm-hmm. said, I'm gonna give you this amount of money mm-hmm. for me, and you don't have to. We don't have to go there, you know, because mm-hmm. we're not enemies. Yeah. We exactly. just can't get along. That's it. Okay. It don't need to end on bad terms all the time. You yeah. Know? So nah, he kept you know he kept his word. And he, he he held it down for us and stuff like that. Even when he moved out of our apartment and found his own, he still gave my mom money for me. So okay. I never felt the need like to say like I wasn't surviving, you know. Because... Which do you feel like you identify with more? Do you feel like it was both? Do you feel like it was one more than the other? Yeah. Or just solely one? Ow. I feel like I identify more with scarcity. Uh, um, my mother is very affectionate right she's very much like hugs and butterflies Mm -hmm. um but i don't know that i ever truly felt safe Mm -hmm. Um, okay i felt like there was always some level of and it it mostly was financial okay i I knew we didn't Mm -hmm. have enough i never felt like we were poor okay but i knew that we didn't have enough okay um but I feel like my mother's very affectionate. Um, she is very much like, I love you and let me hug you and you know, do all of those things. But mm-hmm. I knew she struggled, right? So from very young, I wanted to find a way to ensure she wasn't struggling. Okay. Let me figure out a way mm-hmm. to work, right? I started working at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, school for the most part was relatively easy for me. I never really had to try, right? So going to work after was more of a priority than you know maybe sports or scholarships mm-hmm. i never really even thought about like i thought about college but not until senior like, yeah yeah like, really? <laughs> until senior yeah. year but you yeah. had good grades though i did but yeah. it was again like it was like that was like 
I wouldn't that say was it was fun. a given, but it was it was you overlook it because it it didn't take much effort. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I felt the same way. It didn't take much effort. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So it was like we grew up in a house that while it had love. So me and my youngest sister, she's six years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was, you know, it was just a dynamic sort of time, right? Like we're enough years apart, we were not very close growing up. Okay. Um, but we're raised, you know, theoretically the same exact way. My mother knew one way, and that's what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, for me, it was more about the financial aspect. Okay. I was, I, and I currently am always concerned about finances. Um, I am never not in the place in which I'm thinking about my mother. Uh, which is crazy though, because I think about how much money I spent on people, and I'm like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely, definitely place of scarcity. Okay. Something that we said earlier was um, even being that house that everyone wanted to go mm-hmm. to. That was what my grandmother's house was. Okay. It was always like everyone wanted to go to Miss um, Mary's house, mm-hmm. even though it was mad mad of us in there. <laughs> like mad of us in there. And we were on the 14th fucking floor. <laughs> and that elevator again because if any of y'all ever grew up in the projects, the elevator don't work. All the time. Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time no. the elevator don't work. Well if it do work, it smell like piss. Piss. Yeah. Yeah. Why so... is this ridiculous. Right? But everyone loved going to her house. And I think also like as I myself and becoming an adult and recognizing obviously the humanity in the adults around me right that's not something that you think about when you're a child or when you're growing up but when you start to grow uh, and become adults yourself you really look at them hopefully through different lenses right so I recognized why my grandmother wasn't very affectionate her mother wasn't affectionate my great grandmother was not affectionate. no are you affectionate now I'm I am so I feel like I came from Yara interesting yeah. So you you were saying before, y'all, you weren't affectionate. I, mean. I that's different. I was gonna say, actually, let me ask you. <laughs> I was like, that's, damn, where the fuck am I? That's that's you were you were a pocket. Obviously, you were a pocket. Um, but no, I don't I don't think I wasn't as affectionate as I could have been. Now I feel like it's like it, she went like ten levels higher when y'all got it. Absolutely. Like she was like she was affectionate, but it was it's more you see it more with like Yara, obviously you see it. She's always been affectionate, but it heightened when Yara was born and she came to the world. I mean, I would definitely say she's way more affectionate now because we we didn't see that right high school no high school college adult right. I think y'all always hug. No, we bump. It's oh. not the same, right? We did like a shoulder bump. That's weird, really. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it wasn't until wow. probably like this who initiated? Year. You remember the bump or the hug? The hug, definitely the. And when she hugged me, I thought it was, I was like, "This is making <laughs> this me is so. setup. I was like, <laughs> "This is setup and shit." I was like, "What is happening? <laughs> why are we doing this?" Um, oh. And then she started saying, "I love you," and I'm like, "Why are we saying I love you? Like, this is making me a son. I need to know." Or uh, you know? I'm like, "Are we dying? Like, what's, what's up?" Like, she's like, "Yes, we're dying every day a little bit." I'm like, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> um, like, I, mm. I would definitely say that. So, Drew, what would you say mm-hmm. contributed to you seeing or feeling like there was love in your house? Um. I think it's like comparison to like when we both compare like our childhood to Yara's childhood, mm-hmm. we see like kind of things that that were missing in our childhood that were that are present now in Yara's childhood. Like actually interacting, you know, with your child, okay. you know, because back then everybody's focusing on uh, the household, mm-hmm. having money to have for the household. You know, I could I could see like okay, your mom saying she has to work to provide for your you know for the family, and you know same with Tiff mom and Tiff um, grandmother and my mom and my father and you know her father is just trying to provide. That was like the main thing back mm-hmm. then, trying to provide. And I don't feel like people are people were present enough in the child's life to be like, yeah, you know, I was there to see him. 
you know, walk. I was there to see him talk, crawl, and stuff like that. Mm. We're capturing all of that. Mm. And we're also packing on, like, tons of love with that, you know. Do you and, think that there's a difference between the way you two interact and how that displays or conveys love in mm. comparison to how, for instance, me and Biff interact or you and maybe Salim interact? What, you mean like Tiff? Like how it conveys love to Yara, right? Do you feel like there's a difference between romantic love and perhaps familial love or friendship love? Um, no, nah, I, I, I think like with us, it's once you're like considered family, I think it's all the same. Like, you know, because we, we consider you family from a while ago. So it's like, it's all the same love. If it's like Yara, you, Salim. You know, and it has nothing to do about like knowing the person since high school. It's just like, you know, just seeing that person as a family member, you know, mm-hmm. since, you know, we we have all these memories together, have, you know, everything. So it's like, I think with us, it's just the same love, but it's also just like family, close friends and best friends. We, we all put that as like family because that's how we are, you know, as a, as a whole and as an individual. Do you think it's important for Yara to see you and Biff engage in a way that seems loving? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, we always make sure we hug each other in front of her. We always make sure, like, you know, if we if we argue, we, like, kind of tone it down mm-hmm. so she's not, like, seeing that and you know, getting nervous and stuff like that. Cause that's the stuff that I grew up on. Like my mom and my father would always argue. So every time they did that, I would put my, my hand, my hands to my ears. And that meant that, you know, I was scared. So okay. that's why my father left. So it was like, you know, I don't want Yara to grow up like that. Okay. So, but yeah. What about you, yeah. Biff? You think there's a difference between familial love, friendship love, romantic love? There was for me, and I think that's why I was able to compartmentalize it, <laughs> where, like, you and Drew had such different experiences mm-hmm. of me and how I, sh- like, showed love to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure you still knew that I loved you. Mm-hmm. I just didn't say it, and I didn't. And, and that's kind of like I said, I, it was the same thing in my household, where it was like, I knew it was there. It was undeniable. But it wasn't the cookie cutter way in which you're generally expressing it via like right. hugs and like gifts and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So like for a very long time, and I'm, I'm trying to rack my mind to understand why I compartmentalized it mm-hmm. the way that I did, where it was a lot easier mm-hmm. to express it overtly in a romantic way than it was in what I, because for, for me, platonic is familial. Y'all are not my okay. friends. Y'all are my family. But did you see romantic love growing up? Not overtly. Not overtly. Okay. Uh, my parents aren't together. They, they're they cool with each other. They they vibe with each other. They're still very close friends. My mother and my stepfather, they, they love each other. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was overt either. And my grandparents definitely mm-hmm. weren't overt. So yeah. I don't even know. Like, I literally can't even tell you what my representation was for saying, okay, well, no, I want my romantic love to be overtly loving mm-hmm. or why I came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I did. Okay. So I feel like for me, um, I don't recall really seeing a, a healthy form of romantic love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very affectionate mm-hmm. now in my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even in like my younger relationships, I was very affectionate because I was seeking something that I didn't receive. Mm. Um, so I was trying to I was trying to create the experience that I wanted without having ever mock, like seen it mock. having exactly no mm, okay. no foundation of it. I always felt like I've had strong friendships though from. Middle school, I felt like I've had I've had strong friendships. Um, I don't know that I ever tell my friends I love them. You tell me now. <laughs> now, 
but only because you prompted it, right? Only because but I told you, you I also nervous. prompted my grandmama. I was, mm -hmm. I was, I don't even know. The crazy thing is, I don't even know when I started prompting my grandmother, but I recognize, and I think I had this conversation with you, where she, I think you know the story too, where like there was a note that she sent me, I think it was when I graduated or some shit, mm -hmm. and she ended the note saying, love grandma. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> I was like, Who's that? who wrote this? Because it wasn't my grandma. Who wrote this? You ended it like, what? I was like, okay. Okay, so we're going to do that? Okay, cool. So now whenever we're on the phone, I'll be like, no, love you. And she was like, love you too, guys. I was like, good, good. Because it's so simple. I think it's, I think I'm learning that a lot of the things that we need the adults in our lives to unlearn, as annoying as it might be, as burdensome as it might feel, we have to force them to unlearn because there's certain aspects of their life where they're still children. Yeah. And I recognize in the adults in my life what those aspects are. Like affection yeah. was one of them. Like me and my mama say it all the time, mm -hmm. but like I wasn't saying it to my grandma. She wasn't saying it to me. Mm -hmm. I, I, to this day, probably never heard them say it to each other. Mm. Okay. Who said to who? My grandmother and my grandfather say it to each other. Oh, no. Mm. Never. Okay. Never. And I don't think I've heard my mother and my, my grandmother say it to each other either. I think it's, so your grandmother and your grandfather are still together? Yeah. Okay. Um, mm. True. What about mm. you for your grandparents? Are they still together? Nah, my grandfather passed away like when I was five or six. Were they together when you like when you were five or six? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. I got the video. I'll show you because my mom got it. Okay. It's a video of my second birthday, and I got to see him, which brought like I guess closure because mm -hmm. I never really I didn't I remember his face, but not like vividly. vividly? Yeah, mm -hmm. so I got to see him a little bit in the video. So my grandparents were never together in my lifetime. No? No. They were never married. Did they live together? Or? Not that I know of. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think when I decide. Mm. Uh, so at some point, my father's side, my grandparents were together. I've never experienced them together. Um, wow. My grandfather always had another wife. Uh, and my grandmother was, on my father's side, was never, and has never remarried. Oh, um, you remember them? They're still, they're still, they're still, they're still, they're still no, 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 Grandma had some friends. She had some friends. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen them interact. Actually, yeah. <laughs> see, the, when you, you know, think about know, it, but yeah, all that crazy. shit was normal. That's crazy, though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. yeah that's crazy. I've never seen wow. my mother, and my father interact either. Though. No, really? No, not even like talk on the phone. Or... No. What the fuck? No. I mean, damn. You got yeah. like WhatsApp? You could my, like... <laughs> Not WhatsApp. my father has lived in another country since I was ten. Um, Do your mom ever bring him up? Like like um No. <laughs> I mean like my my father might be like, Oh, how's your mother? Right? And oh, I tell him yeah. how's my mother. Um and I've asked like, oh, you know, how did y'all meet or stuff like that. So in that case, she'll talk about him. If I'm talking about like photos, I, there's no animosity or bad blood. It's just like they just don't bring. As far yeah. as long as I can remember, <laughs> since I've been alive, I have hmm. never seen them interact. I'm certain they interacted wow. when I was an infant. I mean, <laughs> do you think um, like in like the future they could kind of communicate? Or something like that. If you know, you know, in the future, say you know, yeah, you're gonna have a kid. I don't know if there's a reason for this. Okay. And he still, mm -hmm. he still lives in another country. Yeah. yeah, there's no. There's and your no mom way. wouldn't go <laughs> visit him independently. No, no, no I'm saying <laughs> with you, like if y'all decide to go up there for any reason. I mean, we discussed like a family trip. Yeah, like. Uh, to go up there. And then the possibility of them seeing each other on that family trip, right? But I mean, this is I'm about to be 32. When yeah, is, yeah, when is the last time they saw each other? I imagine probably when I was around 10 when that, he left damn, the country. Like wow, but I'm like probably crazy. even before then, right? I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Shit. So my, as far as like familial love, I'm trying to think what is, uh, what my is? Nana was not very expressive. Um, I mean, yeah. she she's very much affectionate though. Like she calls you baby, and mm -hmm. like I mean, I guess she she said I love you and stuff like that to us. 
Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen her do a surgery. Mm. That's crazy, like, to think about it. I'm, I, like, collectively, though, I feel mm. like, at least in my immediate circle, I, that's kind of the, the norm, though. Like, no, because, yeah. No, go ahead, finish. No, I was going to say, like, our grandparents, it, it doesn't seem like they were, again, maybe just raised on that idea of surviving and mm-hmm. just making it <laughs> through to the next day. Didn't really care too much about the fucking riffraff of, you know, all the butterflies and, and, and affection. Like, they would give it ever so often, but it was like, ain't nobody time for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels like collectively, it was like, ain't nobody got time for that. I'm going to raise these kids, you know, and I'm going to raise them as well as I can. Right. Hopefully they're decent people. And then... You know, I did my job. Right, carry on. And that's literally yeah. what it became. So, like, yeah, I think the the actual experience is that it's pro- it's not often that you hear them expressing in that yeah, way. Yeah, you their know what's crazy, children. and that's that's where I see, like, as an adult, how how like important it is for parents to be in a child's life. Mm-hmm. Because even I look at it as my like I look at my father, mm-hmm. and I look at how he's in his way mm-hmm. and how he thinks mm-hmm. and i never met his parents mm-hmm. his father he never knew his father um and my his grand his mother died when he was uh like a teenager like 14 mm-hmm. i think that's tough yeah so he and you know he has a picture of her but that's about it and you know so his side i never got to see oh wow yeah and my grandfather on my mother's side i don't even remember him only thing I got is my grandmother mm-hmm. and I'm trying to build a relationship with her because I feel like it wasn't strong enough when I was younger, you know, but we got to teach these adults. That's, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Really- they don't even, they think a therapy is like you, you're something's wrong with you. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't look at it as like, you need it, especially now they look at it as like, Oh no, nah, I would never do that. You know, but we need it, you know? And they're like, oh, my father was saying like, oh, you know, what about what people was, you know, that went through slavery and stuff like that? Do they need therapy? Or uh-huh. I was like, yes, times yes. ten, times a thousand. Because think about it, though, so, the people who went through slavery. Listen, uh, I think we said this in episode two. Those ancestors are not that far removed from our generation. That shit ain't that far away. It's really not that far away. Yeah, so we, you know, we just gotta be mindful, and we gotta, we, we gotta teach them, because they don't, they're just saying like, oh, it wasn't like this back in the day. They toddlers out here. Do you think they're still yeah. operating from a place of scarcity? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. So, do you think that if you grew up in a place of scarcity or in a, in a family of scarcity, mm-hmm. that you always operate from that mindset? Unless you have the resources to teach yourself, otherwise, yes. And I feel like, I wouldn't say we're the first generation to have the resources or like find the resources, but I know fundamentally my mother's generation did not have those resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, she now yeah. has the resources that we have, mm-hmm. but like she a little stuck on her ways, <laughs> you know? So like, it's going to be a little bit different, but I think that when you operate from that, that place of scarcity for as long as they did collectively, generationally, it's all you know until you're forced to do otherwise. And there's nothing yeah. there's nothing really forcing them to do otherwise other yeah. than us. Cause like my father, he never been married. And okay. he's always gotten on me like, he's like, Oh, you sure you ready for this? You know, like back in the days, like when I you know, when I was trying to propose and stuff like that. Were you new to the game player? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, You sure? You sure, Junior? You know, I don't I don't know about this, you know, it's a lot of stress to come with this. I'm like, but I was like, yo, you wasn't even married. So how would you know what kind of stress? You know, he's going based off other people's experience, mm-hmm. which is not fair for me because it's like, let me go through it and let me decide whether, you know, it's for me or not. But just just come on a journey with me and just, you know, chill out, you know, just just ride the wave. I'm a pretty bomb ride, ass ride the I'm wave. A, I'm a bomb ass Yeah, they know that. They know that. You know. But like you you haven't experienced this so mm-hmm. you know my mother has she's married you know but 
you know, a lot of people got different opinions, you know, when they're not in this situation, the same situation as you, they got a lot of opinions on what's right and wrong and stuff like that. So do you feel like you experienced and or saw a significant amount of love between your mother and your stepfather? Uh, you know what, you know, what's crazy. I was immature. I wasn't even looking to see love. Okay. I just was like, this is not my father. Okay. I don't like this nigga. How, how old were they when they got, when they got together? I was 11 when they got okay. married. I uh, They probably were dating like for three years. but okay. Not probably. They, he don't even remember. He blocked that shit out. <laughs> but I know they got married when I was 11 because it happened in 2001. They got married. Okay. So at that time, I didn't even want her to be with nobody. <laughs> no, I was like, I left the wedding. Yes, you did. I left the, <laughs> no the reception. I left and I tried to go to my father's house because he didn't live too far from the reception. But my aunt chased me and got me back in reception. <laughs> I had a good time, I guess. Not, <laughs> but, you, not, not, not just storming out. Not you having a different well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, You're not my dad. My dad. <laughs> but yeah, eventually, I guess it took time and stuff like that. Eventually, obviously, when I got older. We became closer and stuff like that, but especially, I mean, living at my mother's house, we wasn't close. Okay, and we was, move out of your mother's house. And then, like twenty three. So from eleven to twenty three. So like I would like to think that I years. Yeah, he he couldn't stand Bob. I would like to think that I I, I helped you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Tip did help me. Come to a level of understanding. Where Tip did help like, me and my father. He was like, don't do that to that man. Nah, you know, he don't deserve Bob that. is a decent dude. He's I just a, I just was dude. like, I didn't like somebody who was not my father to tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just there like. There was a lot of ego and, 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 and testosterone. Yeah, it's just like, house. you see like two alpha males, they can't live in the same house. That's it's impossible. Right. No, I'm just saying like, it's like when I got older, I was just like, I want to do things my way. Like mm-hmm. Tiff wanted to stay in my room, whatever. <laughs> he had a problem with that. He was snitching on the low. He was out here trying to assure you ain't had no babies. Nah, I was 17. like, you. I was like, come on, like I was like, you had your fun, like come on, why you cock blocking? Because like, <laughs> I'm like, how the hell my mother know that I got the and door she closed work. and, and she, she at work. work? I was like, that don't add up. Do you think that? Do you think that was him showing love? Um. I don't know. I think it was just cock blocking. <laughs> this is grown ass man. Like I don't think it was showing love. He's not trying to engage with this. This is not cock blocking. No, sir. I'm not saying like, cock, but I'm just saying like, yo, you see me having fun, or you hear me having fun. <laughs> oh, but no, you didn't hear it because we had a TV up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know the door is closed, so you know what's going on. So like, why are you calling my mother? That okay. takes time, <laughs> okay. energy. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> So y'all you are you're men. Are you allowed oh, that's a different story. That's are a different story. That's a different story. No, no way. No way. With the Hell door closed. Why not? Hell no. Why? First of all, <laughs> she's my kid. Okay. That's not my. That, you're not my dad. How do you know he didn't see you as his kid, right? But yeah, that. But give me that. True. Beyond, okay, beyond the that the, that's your kid. Okay, then but what? Why? Why is she? Why is she not allowed to engage with someone in that capacity? Because I'm I'm looking at it as that. I'm a man. I know how men move. Mm-hmm. They're they're very conniving. They're sneaky. They're dang shit. Mm-hmm. So I'd be damned if somebody, God forbid, get Yara pregnant. Okay. And they just gonna up and leave and shit like that. That's like, an act of love. Would you not agree? What? You are yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, protect yeah, yeah. her yeah. from herself. Yeah, her poor decisions, yeah. right? Her adolescent mind, yeah, but her teenage, her teenage <laughs> foolishness. Retrospect, but like. but but being that, as years go on, you know, you see a pattern. You see, Tiff's not pregnant yet. My father saw that when he found a condom in his bed. He was like, you know, I was oh upset God, at first, but. <laughs> I see you protecting yourself, so I let you, you know, I let this you rock. This is man brain, I promise you. Because I promise you, your thought oh. wouldn't be, if you found a condom in Yara's bed, no, hell I'm no. glad you're no, protecting no, no. yourself. Like. No, 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 no. Not, not hell no. no. Yo, but I'm just saying, like, when he told me that, it was just like, all right. And he's looking at it from a male perspective. He's not even like, I. he would not feel that way if, if I was a female. He would not feel that way. 
if so I was a woman, you would not feel like. Do you feel like these were acts of love and concern? I mean, okay, I half and half, yeah, half and half. Hayden, half and half love. <laughs> like I'm not gonna say full not like, half love. Half Hayden. I'm not gonna say full love. I can't because it's like you call my mom. Like if he would have came to me and been like, "Yo, after you, you like left, a man? after tips left." I probably wouldn't at no, the first don't. time. No, but wait, 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 wait. I would have talked to my father because I always talked to him about conversations that me and Bob have or an argument that we had and be like, yo, was I wrong? How do you feel about this? My father would be like, oh, you're wrong. Because he don't share his coat nothing. Okay, this is interesting, right? Right. So, your mother and your father split up when you right. were younger. Your mother remarried. Right. You would engage in altercations or, you know, some sort of disconcernment mm-hmm. with your stepfather yeah you would then go address that with your father yeah and he would provide what you felt was an honest assessment of whether you were wrong yeah and if you were wrong what was his advice for you to do to correct it if anything? he would have been like you need to apologize like it's it times where i cursed at him and we went back and forth and he was like no you need to apologize to him right now he's He's the man of the house and you need to respect him and stuff like that. He's married to your mom and, you know, he's paying the bills and stuff in the house and supporting for you. Yeah, my father's really, nah, he's, he's, he's real, like, understandable. Like when he comes, it comes to like, cause he likes my stepfather, like Mm -hmm. he's cool with him. So he's like, you need to respect him. Mm -hmm. So after he kept talking to me, getting the pep talk, he was just like, yeah, you need to respect him and, you know respect his rules and stuff like that. Because I would come in any time of the night. Because I was going out. And then my, my mom, no, no, my mom, um, no, Bob would come to my mom and be like, yo, he's coming in any time of the night. Can you talk to him? He wouldn't talk to me directly. He would talk to my mother. And my mother would talk to me. And the way that she worded it, I didn't like. So that made me. Lost in translation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that made me even dislike him even more because I felt like he was trying to. He was snitching. Yeah. So it's like, nah. So Viv, your mother remarried as well, right? Mm-hmm. How old were you when your mother remarried? Shit. <laughs> what the fuck? Shit. You was like twelve. No, I wasn't twelve. You was younger. Yeah, because Ashley was in the picture at that point. Ashley is six years younger than me. We just gonna use that number. We just going we gonna I'm just gonna assume it was when I was like five or six. God damn. Yeah. Really? That yeah. young? Yeah. Robin around. So forever. that like almost your whole life then. Yeah. So do you feel like you ever were in a similar position which Drew was looking at his stepfather as like in a hostile manner? Were you looking at your stepfather in that manner? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm not, I don't know if it was because I had more exposure to him as I grew up, right. where I was already like a child as opposed to right. an adolescent. Um, him and I also just have a very playful relationship. Okay. We've always had a playful relationship where I think he also didn't try to invoke too much authority. Okay. Like he let my mother, I mean, I also was he just, I was, parent. yeah, he let my mother parent. I also wasn't like, I wasn't wild. I wasn't wild. So like there wasn't much parenting that they had to do in relation to me. I didn't, I did what the fuck I need to do. It just, mm. I mean, I got a little defiant in high school. You know, my mouth was a little crazy. You know, I was a little disrespectful. But other than that, you know, I wasn't coming home pregnant and stuff. You know, so I was like, you know, what are your options here? What are your options here? I wonder how much of that is attributable to the fact that he was involved younger mm-hmm. uh, in comparison to Drew and also because you're a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone is all of your siblings. I mean, and <laughs> our girls, yes. <laughs> Um, yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I never felt that way towards, I call him Ray with EH. <laughs> um, I never felt that way towards him. Um, but I think again, partial to what you said, but also he never really tried to force his hand in that way where it was like, you're not my real dad. You know, I, I never really felt the need to make that distinction because he it, it wasn't like he was trying to act like he was. Okay. And my father was also very much still present as well. It's the same situation yeah, yeah. where like they, I wouldn't, my father and him don't talk. Like they're not buddy-buddy, uh-huh. but like they're, they're cordial. They like each other. 
they're both decent men. So like, it's not even an issue of like, nah, I don't even try that shit and think that you her daughter. Like, it, it was never no ego. I think okay. ego plays a big part, and there was never any ego. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Now, I'm thinking about yeah. my mother and my stepfather. Mm-hmm. My sister, my youngest sister, we're 14 mm. years apart. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I mean, at 14, I was grown. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm grown. you can't tell me you couldn't tell me nothing right Mm -hmm. at this point i'm like i'm in high school i'm ready to pay bills exactly i was about to say you was about to pay bills i have lots of of responsibilities um there's nothing that you're about to tell me Mm -hmm. that i'm about to follow yeah um i also don't know that i ever really saw them that i can remember display you know love Mm -hmm. and i'm like even with two incomes in our household I still mm. feel like I was coming from a place of scarcity. Damn. You have to, that's because true. you have to, that's what I mean. Like, you have to unlearn that. It isn't something that just, like, you would you would hope that when reality presents itself and you realize that you're no longer fighting for your life, mm-hmm. that your mind catches up with the reality that you're no longer fighting with, for your life, but that doesn't always happen. So good. You had you had two incomes in the household early, but that's also the thing, though. Like at that point, we were no longer in the projects, but we also didn't have much. Like mm. so, like and again, like coming from a, a place of scarcity, scarcity. Yeah, scarcity. Fucking doing this. <laughs> coming from a place of scarcity. Fuck. Which one is it? Scarcity. Good. Okay. Like you don't really have a a meter or standard mm-hmm. for what, like, you don't know what rich is. You just know that you ain't it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So like, granted, we weren't in the projects no more, but we still were in the hood. Like it, it, it wasn't like, and I don't know, I can't tell you whether there were two incomes or what would qualify based on how much they were making as two incomes for real. Okay. When you yeah. combine it, mm-hmm. you know, I just knew we had a roof over our head. And food on the table, and yeah. again, that was sufficient. Sufficient enough. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it's it was like I don't know. Like I, I looked at the dynamic differently mm-hmm. compared to like my biological father and my stepfather mm-hmm. in the house. It was like two. It was like different. It was just like okay, um, like my father did love. He did love my mom. But it was just like the personalities wasn't meshing well. So I feel like, you know, I saw love in a different way when my stepfather came into the picture. Okay. And, you know, I seen how they interact and stuff like that. We'll go on trips and stuff, you know. But, um, yeah, it was just. It was different. Yeah, it was different. It was kind of different. I'm trying to think about my father and my stepmother. Um, even then, I don't know that I, I feel like I felt my father's love differently mm-hmm. at that point, right? Like, and that's when he was still here in the country. Um, I do feel like he was a big supporter financially, right? So he's like, I want you to experience certain things. Um, so like camp, that was something my father could provide and my mother couldn't necessarily. But, Experiences, right? yeah. And perhaps that was because he was in a two-income household. Mm. Um, I remember feeling at some point jealous of mm. my sisters that they had oh, okay. that level of security okay. that I mm. felt like I never got felt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, oh, it's, wow. it's, a, it's an interesting concept. Um, I think that my sisters, for a long time, I felt that my sisters um experience my father in a way that I was never able to experience him. Mm. Um, and the difference in feeling man's love to some extent. Uh, and what that looks like and what that feels like mm-hmm. wasn't something that was ever present in my house. Gotcha. The, okay, so that that brings me to the the original question of whether or not you honestly feel like someone raised on survival and someone raised on love 
can act like can actually have a healthy relationship because i think that it's based on balance i think right if there's an absolute where like this person all they really know is love and the opposite spectrum is all they really know is survival mm-hmm. it's obviously going to be harder if there's no balance but i think it really just depends on it really just depends on the level of openness and understanding um, that you are to that person's experience. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there will be, to some extent, on the survivalist end, some aspects of resentment, mm-hmm. probably, some aspects of jealousy, mm-hmm. and some aspects of like, yo, like you really just don't get it. Yeah. Like you've never had to struggle. You've never had to worry about if you was going to have three meals the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, and life ain't fucking rainbows and butterflies, nigga. You know, like, where do you meet in the middle? I think is is what makes that. I think it's possible, but it. it I do think it's gonna be or it would be hard work and a lot of unlearning. Yeah, so I realized I'm insane scarcity and not survival. <laughs> I mean, no, but that's no, but that's oh. that's valid though because a large portion of why you feel like or why you would feel like you're a survivalist or like you're just trying to survive is because you don't have those resources. Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point in my life, at this almost age of 32, mm-hmm. I, not that I raised on love, mm-hmm. but that I feel love, right? Mm-hmm. I feel love in in every aspect of my life right now, right? Mm-hmm. from my friends mm-hmm. and my relationship, from my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that even within my family, it is not something we see necessarily that's frequent. That's why I made you text uh, it. Yeah. That's why I First made you all, text it that day. I text day. my sister, I love you. And her response was, wrong person. <laughs> I remember. Because we say it so infrequently, she was like, this couldn't have been meant for me. Have you said, have you, have you impromptu said it again since then? Okay, so you're going to send another text to her today before you leave my house. Um, and I, let me, let me be clear. I love my sisters, right? Mm-hmm. I have four. I love them all. Mm-hmm. I have a little brother. Love him too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's just not something we say. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's not something that I don't feel. I think it's oh, just auto. I, I think it's uh, like it's kind of like that. What's what's uh, understood don't need to be explained. Yeah, <laughs> like right. that that Delicious. old school that old school feel Delicious. is like it's it's there. You you know it's there. I ain't gotta say it. Mm-hmm. Like I ain't gotta say it. You know I love you. Yeah. But I think that that survivalist mindset has remained in a lot of ways, even in my romantic relationship, right? Like mm-hmm. even in my marriage, mm-hmm. I'm very much operating from a place of surviving. I'm not going back. I can't go back. Mm-hmm. I was never before. Like yep. I'm very much operating from a place that exists in that. Yeah. And not necessarily as a place of like, oh, I only want to display love and affection here. And like, granted, I love love and affection, right? I'm all about the affection. Um, I'm trying to create affection in any way that I can. I mm-hmm. want you to know that I love you. I want to feel love. Mm-hmm. I want, I think love is meant to be felt. Yeah. Right. And in all aspects of the word, it's a state of mind. I think it is something that we choose to do. Um, right. And I want to ensure that my partner feels loved, like love from me. Mm-hmm. Right. I never want there to be a question. Of like, oh, you know, does Jasmine care about me today? Is she love me today? Is she loving on me today? Oh, you know, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm out here loving on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but I feel like the scarcity and the survivalists will never go away because this the same part of me that's like I want to ensure that you feel love mm. is also like I can't operate from a place of poverty. I can't make poor money decisions because we need to have enough money to retire. Yeah, yeah that's true. Leave to our kids yep, to exactly. buy property mm-hmm. to you know invest in our in our future, our kids' future, mm-hmm. my nieces and nephews' future. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like all of these things need to be true, uh, and in order for those things to be true, I need to make good decisions yeah mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think it's necessarily bad that um 
that mindset still exists as long as there's balance, right? Because that can be the proper motivation to make sure that as we both collectively said, like, I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not going back to poverty. Yeah. Non-negotiable. It's not happening. Right. It's not going to happen. I'm not, my nope, not, nope, <laughs> not at all. Right. And even though what brought us to that point wasn't pretty, <laughs> you know, it's it sustained and it does provide a level of motivation and discipline. Mm-hmm. So I do think there is a level of discipline that comes with being a survivalist that gets lost on people. Yeah. But again, there just has to be balance. Yeah. What were you going to say, baby? No, I, said, I agree with you. Like balance is the key to mm-hmm. everything. Like you have to have balance of like love. You have to balance discipline. It's like, you know, you can't just be all love, love, love and no discipline. You know, that's not going to work. Cause then you raise a brat. Yeah. It's That's how brat. when all those when all those celebrities be sitting there and talking about how they kiss in every sitcom too. Every even like my wife and kids when they're like, oh well, I'm gonna take you, I'm gonna take you to the hood because you need to know. Fucking um, Blackish did that too. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. take you to the hood because you too <laughs> guarded. You yes. know, you too guarded. Like you was raised on love. I think that was an episode of Blackish. Yeah. You you was raised on love. Now nah, you need to know what the what the slums look like. You know, mm-hmm. and he like I don't know what you feel like anymore. Like, <laughs> exactly. So exactly. Exactly. I haven't been. And if you're on the absolute of that spectrum, I can see that. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. why the balance is necessary because you have to be able to navigate receiving love, yeah. recognizing yeah. love, giving love. And then the lover is going to have to practice some patience. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, a lot of patience. Yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of patience um, and a lot of openness to other experiences that probably are beyond foreign. Like, oh, I can't believe you went through that. As a child, you did what? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. So, what's the good conversation? Yeah, good that's conversation. true. Yeah. Gotta have Jasmine back again, you know, real <laughs> soon. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 the recurring co-star. <laughs> but until next time, we will see, see y'all when we see y'all. Hey, peace. Peace.